1 John chapter 1. This is in the NIV version. It says this. This is the message that we have heard from him and declared to you, meaning they heard this from Jesus. God is light. In him, there is no darkness at all. We claim to have fellowship with him and yet walk in the darkness. We lie and do not have the truth. But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light. Come on, DC Talk, anybody? Gonna be in the light as you are in the... Okay, we're just gonna move on. I know you want me to keep singing, but I'm not going to. I've got a sermon to preach. Stay focused. We have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us of our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. If we claim we have not sinned, we make him out to be a liar and his word is not in us. So lately, I think the frustrating thing for me, one of the frustrating things for me, as I'm just looking at the world, as I'm looking at even watching the news every once in a while, although I can only take it in like very small portions, but as, as I'm just reading things, for me, the biggest thing is I just want to know the truth. Like, I can hand, like, however bad it may be or great it may be, whatever it is, I just want to know the truth. But the things that I've been convicted about is you can't expect to look at a lost and dying world and find truth. Because even, even, once, even when you think you've, you've heard something that you think, the, it winds up changing. Some situation changes, something else changes. And so I'm not gonna be able to find any kind of consistency if I'm looking for there to be light and truth coming from the world. I, I'm gonna have to find light and truth somewhere else. And the one thing we know never changes, never shifts, like the shadows is the word of God. So, I do know this though, he has called me to be a light. He's called me to be a light. But what does that mean? Because I don't think that being a light to the world means that I'm trying to address all the problems and issues and questions that the world has. But I can speak into all the problems and questions and issues and everything the world has just by communicating what the word of God says about those issues about those questions. So John writes these verses to a group of believers and some of them have really just gotten off track. Others are, are just confused. They're confused because there's these, these different messages that are coming in here that don't seem to line up with, with what they had heard before. A lot of them are questioning their walk with God. I've seen some of this. I've seen some people starting to question, starting to drift. They're not secure, they're not confident, like maybe they once were. I think this can happen in any one of our lives. This happens to believers for sure. Now and then they lose their confidence, their walk with God. John is just trying to bring these people back to God so they can really be confident in their walk. But he talks about light, but he talks about how it's God is light. There's no darkness in him. So if it says that God is light, I, I think we could look at some characteristics of light. First of all, light illuminates. Now, I know this might be like, duh, like I know that, 
But I don't want you just to think about it necessarily just from the characteristic of light and what light does, but also how it relates to the character of Christ. So this is what God would want to do. If he's comparing himself to light, what does he want to do? It illuminates, it reveals, it exposes. So when light hits your retina, it illuminates and you can see. If there's no light, there's no sight. You can't see anything. So illuminate simply means to shine a light on something. It enables you to see things that were once in the dark. Have you ever been in the dark on something? Like, I feel like maybe all of us are a little bit in the dark on some things right now. I don't know if you're sensing that at all. But there are some things, it's like, have you ever had something that for your whole life, you thought something was one way, and then later on in life, somebody tells you about this thing, and you're like, what? What? My whole life, I thought it was... This way, now you're telling me it's this? I, I came to one of these revelations recently and it, it blew my mind. And I, know, I think it's gonna change your life as well. Did you know that the same person that did the voice of Miss Piggy also did Yoda in Star Wars? Did you know that? What? You're never gonna be able to watch Miss Piggy or Yoda the same ever again. His name's Frank Oz. He also did Cookie Monster Burt Grover on Sesame Street. He did like all these voices. It's like, like does, her, does, does Kermit know? Does, does he, like, is he aware? Like stuff like that. Okay, now that's a stupid example. But there's way more important things. But there are times I think that God is really, really wanting to show us some things and bring things to the light. But I don't think that the most important things that are gonna be brought to the light are the things of this world. And what we think we need to have light in, I think it's always gonna have to do with his personal relationship with us and how it relates to us. Every time you flip on a light in your house, it illuminates that room, right? Which is one of the reasons why we just choose to leave the lights off in our kids' rooms because we just, ignorance is bliss. We just rather not see the mess, right? And if we do turn it on, we're not gonna look very long or under the bed or anywhere else because it's just, there's, it's just it gets nasty. How many of y'all, you find just nasty stuff in your kids' rooms every once in a while, right? Like, especially if you have sippy cups at all. Sippy cups, I've discovered, are pretty much of the devil. Because what they are is simply just containers where they can ferment juices and things and just leave it in spaces. And, and how many of y'all would clean out a dirty sippy? No, you just throw those things away. You don't even deal with it. But light illuminates things. It can also make things look way dirtier than you thought they were. And that's a scary proposition, I think. Like, do I really want everything to be exposed in the light? Because once it is, you're gonna see some things. But until it is, you're not really living. And Ephesians 5.13 says this, but their evil intentions will be exposed when the light shines on them. For the light makes everything visible. So this is a good promise. This is, this is a good exhortation for us to understand like, hey, if there's something that's off in us, 
it's going to be exposed, but it's also good to know that you don't have to worry about exposing anything or anyone else. That's God's job, and he's good at it. God's word is also referred to as a light. In Psalm 119, 105 says, Thy word, come on, some King James, Thy, thy word is a lamp unto my feet, then a light unto my path. That's a great picture too, though. To my path, to my feet. Not way up ahead of me. Not way into the future. Just right where I need it. Right where I'm going to have to trust him for that next step. For that next season. But I'll be able to see clearly. God's word gives us revelation. Spiritual light. How many of you could use a little bit of revelation in your life? I know I can. Also, light reflects. Light reflects off of objects. Typically speaking, you don't actually see the light. You see the light as it reflects off of whatever it's hitting. So the moon, the moon does not have the ability to generate light. All the moon is doing is reflecting the sun. That's all it's doing. I think that's a great picture. The truth is none of us have the ability in and of ourselves to generate light. All we can do is try to let ourselves be exposed to light. So hopefully that light will reflect through us. But how many of you guys remember the song growing up, This Little Light of Mine? This little light, and you like hold your finger up. So the finger like represented your light. A little weird. But you know, this little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine. But the truth is this. None of us have the ability to produce that life, light in and of ourselves. We have to have God shining his light through us. And more accurately, it's just his light reflecting off of us. Light reflects. And Matthew 5.14 says this, you are the light of the world. It's talking to us. This is, this is us. This is Jesus speaking to us. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. No, as the song goes. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds. I think that's really important. It's how you live and how you love. It doesn't say they will see your good Facebook posts or your good opinion. It says they will see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. So really what we do is we just try to reflect the purity of God, the light that shines from him. And the great thing is this, light always shines brightest in the darkest places. Light energizes it's a form of energy and power. I don't know about you, I could use a little energy and power right now. I can get a little tired. So sunlight in the morning, it increases the brain's release of a hormone called serotonin, which boosts your mood, it helps you feel calm and focus. But as the light begins to dim in the evenings, it also helps your brain release melatonin, which helps you go to sleep. 
unless it's daylight savings time and your kids won't ever go to sleep. Come on, if you're raising young kids, daylight savings time is like the worst idea ever, ever. We don't need longer days. We need our sleep schedule because our kids turn into monsters if they don't get their sleep. So my kids and, and their mom have been in Montana for the last two weeks. You know how dark it gets or when it gets dark in Montana this time of year? Like 10 o'clock at night. They're gonna come back and never sleep again. And I'm just gonna want them to go to bed and they're not, they're not gonna do it. But it's amazing how light does this in us physically, but also think about it, what it can do for us spiritually. How it gives us energy. Scientists have actually created a measuring scale for, for, this, for light, the speed of light. It, light moves at 186,282 miles per hour. That's pretty fast. It, it, it travels at a speed of 670 million miles per hour. Okay, so if you could drive your Corolla at the speed of light, you could circle the earth seven and a half times in one second. That's fast. I love how light expresses itself and the power of light expresses itself in, in God's creation. So as I mentioned, my, my wife and kids have been in Montana. And, uh, and so one of my biggest responsibilities while they've been gone is to take care of my wife's 56 plants that she has in our house. And I will say I have been doing an amazing job. Okay. Not one plant has died. And in fact, uh, she, there's this little sensor thing that senses the pH and moisture level of every plant. Our plants are perfectly pH balanced. I just wanna let you know that, like, and the, the perfect amount of moisture. So I've just been going around, and not to mention that we have a little shipu puddle, uh, our uh, puppy, they're just little cute, little white, and, and she had surgery, so she, she was wearing a cone. So I'm just trying to paint this picture of what it's been like for me as my wife and kids have been out of state. I've just been going around, taking care of my plants, nursing my little sheepoo back to health. Like I almost took up knitting just to like complete the picture. Just like, I haven't felt very manly lately. I need to get out and shoot something, kill something. It's just, I need to. But, but one of the things is I'm taking care of these plants. I've noticed how a lot of the plants, how the leaves will actually move and shift and change in order to expose themselves to more sunlight. You know, the, even though they can't necessarily pick where they're rooted, where they're planted, they do everything they can to just continue to expose themselves to as much light as possible. Shout out photosynthesis, right? I thought, man, what a great picture. We can't necessarily pick everything that we're going through. We can't pick and choose everything that's going on around us. But the one thing we can do is stay open and postured before the Lord. Just say, I just, I wanna get whatever you wanna give. And the truth is this, God is on the move. So you've got to be willing to move if you're going to stay with him and everything that he wants to do.
God can give you spiritual energy. He can give you a powerful life that you could never have hoped to have had and you could never get on your own. The world can't give this to you. In John 10, 10, it says this, the thief comes only to kill, steal, and destroy. But I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. So God's like, cool, great concept, but how do we walk in the light? How do we stay in the light? First of all, I think you do it with fellowship. You do it with fellowship. First John chapter one, again, in verse seven, it says, but if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. We have fellowship, okay? This is how we, we stay in this place of walking in the light. One of the ways to, to preserve this deep unity and relationship with God is to have deep unity and relationship with other people. He's writing this to this, this church because many of the believers had started drifting and separating themselves from community. And he's trying to reemphasize this like, no, you've, you've got to have this, this fellowship with one another. You need to ha- invite other people into this fellowship. How many of you growing up at like, Thanksgiving or Christmas or whatever, you had more than one table, right? You had the adult table and then the kid table. And some of you, you might have, you might have a big, you might have like a three-tier system where you got like the adult and like the teenager and then the kid table, okay? But how many of y'all remember sitting at the kid table? Anybody remember sitting at the kid table? I remember sitting at, I just remember there being a lot of plastic, Plates are plastic, the cups are plastic, everything's less like they don't, we, we can't be trusting them <laughs> with the real stuff, all right? And, and I remember as a kid always thinking, man, what's happening over at the adult table? It seems so magical and mysterious. Like I'm, I'm sure they've got way better food, way better everything over at the adult table. And I, I, and I remember like, especially if you became one of the older kids and you had like the younger cousins and stuff, you're just like, I'm way too mature for these people. Like, I totally need to be at the adult table. But the problem was the only way that you got to graduate up to the next table, somebody had to not show up or they had to die because that was like the only way. It's like, we have a place open now. Aunt Mildred, God bless her soul. May she rest in peace. You know, like that was the only way you got to find. And so, but then you, but then you get to the adult table and I remember getting to the adult table and first of all, I felt a little judged because I didn't know which way to pass everything and how to do all the stuff, you know? I didn't know where my silverware, I've been at the kids' table. They didn't even give us real silverware. And so now I'm like expected to know where my salad forks and soup spoon and, and pass this way and don't do this and cut your food this way and put butter on your plate, but not on your bread. All this, like, this is complicated. And you start realizing like, maybe the kid's table wasn't that bad. Like, I think I'd rather watch one of my cousins shove macaroni down his pants than listen to Aunt Karen rant and rave about politics for hours. What's the point? Not really any. I just wanted to kind of express how I felt about all that. No, the point is this. 
We've always talked about how we want this to be a place where people can feel like family, right? The problem is you can get really, really comfortable with just having your family around the table that you never leave open spots for people that still need to join the family. And that when they show up, they should never feel like they don't belong. They should never feel like they're judged. They should never feel like, they should certainly not feel that we're, we're more concerned about the issues of our day then we're concerned about them feeling loved and accepted and served. We need to always have a place because fellowship, one of the things that I'm more convinced of now than ever is how important fellowship is. Because I'm thankful we have technology. I'm thankful that we have a way that for people that are vulnerable that really probably shouldn't be around people right now where they can experience a message and they can experience a service. But, but what I'm gathering more and more is that when the word says, do not forsake the gathering of the saints, it's not just because God didn't want us to miss out on the methods of church or what happens in a church service. It's because he literally created us physically and chemically to need to have proximity to people. Like the way he created us, it's like we have to have, he talks about how we're the body in many parts and we can't, we can't just separate ourselves from that. Why? Because it's not healthy for us and it's not healthy for the body. And I've noticed it's like when people get away from fellowship, when they quit, and what I mean by that is not just church services, but that you need to have at least one family that can be around your family that's not exactly like your family that you can look at the word of God together and, and, and talk and ask each other the questions and pray and, and challenge each other and encourage each other. You have to have fellowship because what I notice is when you don't have fellowship, you get weird. You get really weird. Have you anybody noticed some of your friends getting weird? It's like if you go to their Facebook feed and you go back a couple of months and you're like, oh yeah, that's pretty good. But as it gets more recent, you're like, oh my, that's they don't seem like they're doing well. Saying some really weird stuff. God never created us to do life alone. We need fellowship. Also, another way to walk in the light is by being transparent. With transparency. Verse 8, it says, If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. I've said this before, I know some of you may feel like that you got here this morning floating in on angels' wings and you perched yourself in your chair. And you may not feel like you have any issues. That is your issue. Your issue is you don't think you have any issues. And the other part of that is you probably don't have a lot of friends because people don't like hanging out with people that don't think that they don't have any issues because they know they have issues. But it's much deeper than that. It's that you can't even walk in light. You can't have truth. Think about Adam and Eve, like when they sinned, what did they do? They tried to hide, they found shadows. They tried to hide. But if you're gonna walk in light, it means you have to be honest about your darkness. It means you have to come out of hiding. No more secrets. 
no, I think you have to be wise about this. I don't think you should go. Please, don't go on social media and, and post all about all your secrets. That's foolish. But you should have at least one person in your life that you can trust. It's wise. That knows everything. All of your secrets. Mark 4.22 says this, for everything is hidden will eventually be brought into the open and every secret will be brought to light. Anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. Darkness conceals, light reveals. Darkness brings blindness. Light brings sight. Have you ever been trying to walk around in the dark? Like, I don't know anybody, if they walk into a dark room, they just walk up in there like, oh, no big deal, because your pinky toe is going to get caught on a furniture somewhere. Like, that's your pinky toe's job. It helps you identify where all the furniture is in your house. No, because when it's dark, you don't have any confidence. So even if you're moving forward, you're not moving forward with any amount of confidence. Man, I think about how many Christians that are called and anointed and empowered to do so many great things, but they have these dark areas of their life that keep them walking in so much insecurity with no confidence because they haven't truly been transparent. We've been texting um, families in our church, everyone that we have information on in our database, we've tried to call or text. So if you haven't got a call or a text from us as a church, it's because we either don't have your information at all or we don't have the right information. Uh, so maybe you could let us know what that is, but it's been a difficult season to pastor. So we're just doing the best that we can, you know, with what we have. But every once in a while, I'll be texting one of these numbers, one of these families, and I'll, I'll recognize the, the name and I'll, this last week, I was texting one of those families and I was thinking, man, I, honestly, I haven't seen them in church even before this whole thing happened. Like it's been a long time since I've seen them in church. And, and I knew that part of that was because they had some stuff going on that they don't think that anybody knows about. And I know about this situation, but it's one of those awkward situations because I would love to just go and talk to them about it. But in order to do that, I would have to expose and break confidence with someone else. And so you just kind of hope that at one point or another, like they'll just share and they'll be honest and they'll be open about this. But it was so interesting because in communicating with them and just ask, hey, how are you doing? Oh, we're great. And this is, this is what they actually said. They said, we're actually doing really good. We're really good at wearing masks and social distancing. And I thought, man, how true is that statement? yeah, you, you are, you're good at wearing masks and keeping yourself just far enough away from people so you don't have to be exposed. Here's the deal. Right now, we ask people to wear a mask into church to protect other people, just to be considered, to be caring, to be loving because there's a real virus. People are dying We're socially distanced in our chairs, but please don't ever, ever think this, this is where you're supposed to be spiritually and relationally. You can't wear mask. You can't keep yourself distant. If you're going to live the life that God, Christ has for you, you're gonna have to be transparent, up close and personal, the good, the bad, and the ugly. 
The best way to let God's light shine is through transparency. If you want to be transformed, you're going to have to be transparent. That's the only way it can really happen. And Proverbs 28, 13 says this, people who conceal their sins will not prosper. Man, this is like, that's heavy. Look, I've been in seasons of my life where I was concealing something and I just kept thinking, it's like, ah, oh, this isn't a big deal. This isn't a big deal. This is, it's not, I mean, a lot of other things are going good. It's not a big deal that I'm keeping this one thing concealed. Until I realize there's, there's no way that I'm gonna be able to lead people where I haven't been willing to go myself. And then you wind up showing me that there were people that were living that same life and I didn't have the moral authority to come and tell them my testimony so that they could be free too. And it was holding me back. It was keeping me and it was keeping other people honestly from experiencing freedom. Another way to stay in the light is with confession. With confession, 1 John 1, 9. If we confess our sins, then he is faithful and just and will forgive us of our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. Man, that, in the, in the Greek, the word all means all. It's all of it. It's all of our unrighteousness. Confession is not telling God something that he doesn't already know. <laughs> I think it's funny when we get in that place, like, God, I've just got something to tell you. And then we tell him, and like in our minds, he's like, what? Are you kidding me? I mean, I've heard some, I've heard some doozies in my never ending, always existing eternal life but this is a new one for me. Haven't seen or heard anything quite this bad. You are really messed up, kid. The point is, we're agreeing with him that we need him. That's what the word confess means. In the Greek, it means to say the same thing, to, to agree. So God already knows, but what he also understands is when we are willing to confess it means that we are surrendering to his ability to forgive. We're surrendering to his perfect power to manifest in our lives. That's why it's so important that we have someone that we can confess to. And it is powerful. I remember back in I think it was 2007, we did a series called Your Secrets. And we actually created a website, yoursecrets.tv, where people could get on there. And if they wanted to stay anonymous, but be able to confess things, sins. And I remember that being a really powerful season of healing and restoration for our church. Because people have been holding on to stuff for years, decades. And, and so many of them was the same thing. And because what would happen is they'd go and they'd post it on there, but then they'd come and talk to a pastor and say, talk to one of us and say something like, hey man, I just wanna let you know, like I confess this thing and it's completely changed my relationship with God, 
with my wife, with my family. Like they're walking in power. And James 5, 16 says this, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so you may be healed. And that's the most important part about it. You know, God will forgive you your sins by confessing them to him, but I don't think you really get to experience healing until through the fellowship of the body of Christ and your confession of your need of connectivity to the body of Christ, that you actually get healed and made whole as a part of the body of Christ. I think that confession piece is so important. Over the years, man, I, I've in different meetings, I think some of the most impactful are ones where I'm meeting with you know, like a manly man. It's just tough and kind of got everything together and there's no weakness and it's just, but in the process of the conversation, man, they'll just break down and start telling me stuff. And then they're like apologists, like, man, I'm sorry, I'm unloading on you. I'm like, bro, there's nothing I haven't heard. <laughs> but that's not the point. I want you to be free. I want you to be whole, and healed, and do everything that God has created you to do and be. And the truth is, and I'll tell them this, I said, actually, I respect you more now than I ever did before because that takes real strength to admit weakness. And I also get really excited for them because the word says that it's in our weakness that God's power is made perfect. So as strong and as together as they thought that they were up to that point, they'd never been as strong as they were as soon as they confessed their weak. They just confessed. The next chapter starts with this. My dear children, I write this to you so that you will not sin. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. He is the atoning sacrifice for our sins and not just only ours, but also for the sins of the world. I love this picture. I'm so thankful for this. Jesus understands what it's like to be human. There, there's nothing that we experience as humans that Jesus didn't experience, doesn't understand. And so I love this picture. And, and this is the picture I feel like He's given me so many times when I'm struggling and when I'm not totally walking in the light. There's things in my life. And it could be anger, it could be impatience, whatever it could be. And this picture of Jesus like on his, on his knees, the right hand of God the Father, praying, wailing, speaking my name with groans that are un indescribable. Like, I want my son. I want my friend. I 
standing in the gap for, G, for James. I'm interceding. I'm his advocate because I want him to have the life and life to the full that I gave my life so that he could have. That's really what we need to be focused on right now. We don't need to be focused on whether this dark world is ever gonna actually be honest and truthful. We just need to make sure that we're in the place that as much as possible, we can just reflect his light. We're just keeping our eyes on him. We'll move as he moves. We'll do what he wants us to do, but we're just, we just wanna walk in the light so that the world can see like, man, they're something different about them. There's peace there. There's joy there. There's hope there. Amen. Let's close our eyes, bow our heads. First thing I wanna do is just give an opportunity to anybody that, that feels like you're walking in a place of darkness where maybe you've never come to a relationship with Christ um, or you did, but maybe you, because of mistakes or because of just guilt and condemnation or, or whatever it is, but you, maybe you tried to run and hide from God. And the truth is he's always been looking for you. He's always been pursuing you. He's always wanted relationship, but the choice ultimately is yours. And if you're away from him, you know it right now. You just sense it in your heart. One of the ways that you can tell is you don't have confidence. Specifically, you don't have confidence that if you died today, you don't have confidence of where you would spend eternity. Jesus came so that you could have confidence in who you are in him. For the rest of your life and into eternity. If you're here today and you would just be willing to admit you're away from him, what I'm getting ready to ask you to do is I'm getting ready to ask you if, if you're in that place, I'm gonna ask you to just demonstrate that through an act of your free will. And I'm just gonna ask you to, I'm gonna ask you to put your hand up. But the reason why I'm asking you to put your hand up is not because you raising your hand gets you saved, but you raising your hand is a form of that confession that I was talking about, of that transparency where you say, this is me. And the reason why I ask people to do that is not because I need to know, it's because I want you to feel that faith and grace be released in you to experience everything that God has for you. So if that's you, you're in that place, you just feel away from him, you need him. Nobody's looking around and I'm not gonna embarrass you. I'm just gonna ask you to put your hand up right now, across this room with boldness. As soon as I see you, you can put it down. Thank you guys, got it. A couple hands there at the back. Thank you guys, got it, thank you. Got it, yes sir. Anyone else? I just feel away from God. I don't feel, I need Jesus, I need him. Got it? Anybody else? I just need him, I'm distant from him no confidence about who I am in Christ. Everybody raise your hand. Just, we're just, I encourage you, you need to go public with this. You need to tell somebody about this. That's part of the confession part two. 
you took your first step, but I, please don't leave it there. The word says, if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that he's Lord, then you can be saved, okay? So the best way to do that is through water baptism. We're really hoping we're gonna have an opportunity to do that soon. But I'd encourage you to tell somebody as soon as the service is over, but right there in your chair, you can say this prayer loud enough for your own ears to hear it. You don't have to, but I'd encourage you if you, if you feel that, but just tell them this, something like this. Just say, God, here's my life. And I know that it's messed up and I know that I'm a sinner and I know that my sin separates me from you, but I believe that you sent your son Jesus to die on the cross for me. You paid the price for my sin. But I also believe that he didn't stay dead, that he rose from the grave. He defeated death. He defeated my sin. And because of that, I can walk in victory. I can have life because he defeated death. But right now, I don't just want you to save me from my sin. I want you to give me purpose. I want you to give me direction. I wanna live my life for you. And so I repent and I turn towards you and I ask you to be the Lord of my life. I want you to have control. Because when I try to do this on my own and by my own strength and my own ability, that doesn't work. I surrender to you. And I also just wanna pray for anybody in the room where maybe you're a believer and you're confident in that, but you, you may have something that's just in your life that you, you've held as a secret. You kind of keep it in the shadows. And I don't know what that would be, but I wanna give you an opportunity to take your first step towards walking in freedom. And I don't think you can just end here. I think if it ends here, it's gonna feel like a Band-Aid. You're gonna feel good for a little bit, but if you don't wind up confessing to someone outside of this service, I think you could still struggle. But I wanna give you the chance just to take the first step. Nobody's looking around, but if you're just in place, man, you got some stuff you've been holding on to, maybe a secret sin, a struggle, I don't know what it would be, but you're wanting to find freedom. I'd just love to pray with you right now. If that's you, go ahead and put your hand in right now across this room. Got it. Thank you, guys. Got it. Could be insecurity. Could be fear. Could be lust. Could be, I don't know what it would be. Could be that you're just, maybe you have a tendency to lie. Yes, ma'am. Thank you. Father God, every one of these people that just raised their hand, God, I just forgive them the strength to just confess between me and you. But Lord, I, I thank you that it is your desire, that it is your will that they walk in complete and total freedom. So God, I thank you that you embolden them by your grace and by your spirit, that, that even as they lay, leave this place today, that as soon as they can, they're gonna find somebody that they can trust. It's gonna be wise and tell them what's been going on. Confess these things, God. Lord, that they let their fear of missing out on anything from you supersede their fear of what any person would think or say. Thank you for that. To you be the glory. In Jesus' name, amen, amen.